welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking to the CEO of Australian Marketplace Connections, Peter Kentley. Well, Peter, why don't you start by uh, telling us a bit about yourself and, and how you got involved in Marketplace Ministry. It'll be a pleasure, Wes. started uh, when I joined ANSET as an airline pilot. I came to Christ. And I remember sitting in, as a young man, cafeteria at Essendon Airport with some senior pilots. And they said to me, Peter, we know you're a Christian, but we think Christianity is a crutch for the weak. Now, I guess most people listening to this have heard that kind of a comment. The guy who made that comment, I'll just call him Ron, when he came to the end of his life, he ended him to a narrow trajectory with no family and no friends. And when he died, the only person to visit him was a Christian flight attendant. And some 10 years later, his daughter approached a Christian friend of mine who had also been a pilot in Ansett, and she said, could you tell me about my dad because I never knew him? And that's where that journey took him of believing that Christianity was only a crutch for the weak. And how sad is that to see people on that heading into that apex where they have no hope and no future? Well, being a Christian in the airlines and gaining credibility in your employment... I believe has some very significant, we need to put down some very significant foundations. First and foremost, we need to be competent in our job and we need to be gracious, caring, consistent. And uh, these, these values are the ones that build the foundations on which we gain credibility with our work colleagues. Having been a pilot for 14 years, I met another Christian pilot in the early 1980s and the two of us started praying together and as a result of that just the two of us praying over about an eight or nine year period it grew in a, from a fellowship of two guys to a network in Ansett and Australian Airlines as it was then which is now of course quite as domestic it grew to a network of around about a thousand airline staff and we had magazines that went around the country we had annual conferences we had training days and leadership training and we had groups all up and down the East Coast, New Guinea, New Zealand, out into the Pacific Islands with uh, connections into other Christian airline groups in the States, in England, in Europe and in South Africa. So it was really an exciting time uh, of walking with God in, inside the profession of being an airline pilot. One of the great things about having an annual conference for the staff, especially shift workers, is that when they come to an annual conference they establish the relationships and then when you meet people spontaneously in your work at different hours and different locations, you've got that relationship to connect immediately. Then in 1989, I got a call from the Director of Flight Operations of ANSET to come up to head office for a meeting. Now, I didn't know what that meeting was about because pilots' jobs are at the airport, not at the head office. And the only time pilots get called into the head office is when there's some serious disciplinary issue. Well, I couldn't think of anything I'd done wrong, but uh, any of course, I obeyed the instruction from the Director of Flight Operations and went into the Ansett Head Office in 1988 and uh, met him in his office and he said, Peter, last week we had a pilot who had collapsed at home over his meal in the evening and the next morning his wife rang up the Civil Aviation Authority and reported him for uh, having had a collapse over his meal. And we found out the reason that she did that was that she actually wanted to divorce him and she wanted to get him sacked so she could get 50% of his superannuation. And this director of flight operations, who I'll call John, said to me, Peter, 
you wouldn't know how many issues like that we as management are facing day by day. And it's a big problem for us, and we think that what you're doing in the airlines with the Christian Fellowship is good for the airline and good for the staff, so how can we help you? And I said, what do you mean, John? He said, well, can we give you free tickets for staff to get to your annual conferences? Can we give you access to the company mail system, to the company phones? Could you use the company printing presses to print your magazines? How can we help you succeed as a fellowship in the airline to the staff? Ed Silvaso makes this comment in, uh, in his book, Annoyed for Business, that for transformation as a city to occur, it has to occur through businesses and through business people. And i just you give you that little story to indicate a, a beautiful little story of the transformation of an attitude in an airline from Christianity being a crutch to the weak to we're not going so crash hard and we think that what you bring to the airlines in Jesus Christ is great for the airline and great for the staff. So I think that's a beautiful example of, this, of the process of transformation. Nobody knows about it, perhaps, except those who are directly involved. But lives were changed and marriages were healed and forgiveness was often uh, expressed at our conferences. And we had many people come to Christ. And, uh, in fact, we in the printing presses at uh, Tullamarine Airport, we had a couple of evangelists who worked amongst us who were some of the staff, one in particular in answer, one particular in Australian Airlines. And uh, we have many baptisms in the printing presses, uh, in the vats at Tullamarine Airport. So it was really uh, a great and ex exciting time to be serving Jesus Christ in the course of our employment. And uh, I picked up the topic from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciles us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that fantastic? And so every Christian has been given by God the ministry of reconciliation, that which they have received themselves, to be reconciled unto God. God in turn gives us that same ministry to be reconcilers. Not that we are the reconcilers, but we are the message, we are the carriers of the vision that reconciliation with God is possible and we are not deemed to an eternity suffering the imputation of our sins. And so every Christian has in their workplace has this ministry of reconciliation from God to them to others, which is in fact the continuation of a 4,000-year-old promise, the promise that God made to Abraham, the covenant that I will bless you, that you may bless others. Where do we as Christians meet those who need to know Christ the most? Where do we mix with non-Christians? Because Christians rarely do it socially, but they do do it automatically in the workforce, in their employment, in their daily occupation. And what is the ministry that God has called us to into AMC, Australian Marketplace Connections, but to encourage, strengthen and bless people to be the carriers of a 4,000-year charter 
to be blessed by God in order that they may bless others. This God who doesn't hold our sins against us. This God who has called us to be ambassadors. Now, if we're going to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God in the marketplace, there are some requisites that we need to grow into and, and to be on a, on a path, and a journey of maturation. Firstly, if we're going to be ambassadors, we have to be competent in our jobs. We need to be good at our jobs. So every Christian in, the, in their workforce should do all they can to enhance their professional capabilities, to do whatever training they can, to grow in their faith, to grow in their skills, and to ask the Holy Spirit to anoint their work and to anoint the work of their hands and to anoint the work of their minds and the way that they do their job and the way that they do bless others, not only in the values that they bring, but more than that, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 3, to be the living letters of Jesus Christ in a secular and in a pagan world. What does it mean to be a living letter? What did St Paul mean in 2 Corinthians 3.3 to be a living letter? Well, the non-Christian world will read Jesus Christ first in his incarnate presence in his people in the world. And Jesus Christ did not send us to be Christians in the church and to be Christians in an institution, to be Christians in a bluestone building or a redstone building or in a Pentecostal factory converted to be a church. No, it says in John seventeen eighteen, Father, as you sent me into the world, I send them into the world. So our corporate meeting places are ones of encouragement, of strengthening and of blessing and of community and of fellowship. But that's not the answer. The calling is the ministry of reconciliation. And that ministry of reconciliation we take with us as credible ambassadors of the kingdom of God in our daily occupation. This is a revelation that every Christian ought to have. Now, if we take these, just the CBD of Melbourne, we're 3.5 million people. In the CBD of Melbourne, we have around about 550,000 people who commute daily into the CBD, much less the rest of the city, but let's just talk about the CBD. In the two most recent census, the number of people who identify themselves as identify with a Christian denomination is around 62 to 64%. So can you imagine 64% of the population commuting into Melbourne CBD claim to have some affiliation with the Christian church? Now, how many of those are effective ambassadors in their daily occupation? This is the question. How many of those are fulfilling the calling of their life to be the living letters of Jesus Christ? How many of those are hungry and, and ambitious? Ambitious not for things of this world, but ambitious to see Jesus Christ manifest and glorified through them and through their sphere, into their sphere of influence. How many people go to work, they wake up in the morning excited to get on the train, get in their car, go on the tram, get in the bus, ride their bicycle. Why? To take the very presence of Jesus Christ into their factory, into their shop, into their corporation, to see the light of Christ shine in their sphere of influence. What an ambition that is to have. Now, I'm hungry to see Christians do that. So what percentage of this 550,000 people who commute into the city would go to work with that ambition? Would it be 50%? Would it be 20%? Would it be 10%? Well, if it was 10% and 550,000 people commuted into the city, we would have 55,000 full-time paid missionaries serving the city, serving Christ in the city of Melbourne, which costs the church nothing. 
they're in full employment, they're automatically in the right demographic because their work has put them into the right demographic, they're automatically working side by side with non-Christian people. How many of them are bringing the glow, the shine, the love, the joy of Christ to those people around them? Would it be 55,000? Well, no, it's not. Well, would it be half that? 25,000? That's only 5%. Well, what about 12,500? Well, what about 5,000? Just imagine having 5,000 on-fire Christians serving Jesus Christ as living letters of Jesus Christ in Melbourne, in Sydney, in Brisbane, in Adelaide, in Perth, in Alice Springs, in Darwin, and in every country town, respectively. What a joy that would be to God. What a blessing that would be to the nation. We would transform the nation if we Christians could rise up unto that great calling which God has placed in our heart. Oh, brothers and sisters, will you who are listening to this message, to this revelation, will you get on your knees and repent before Almighty God that you have not gone to work in the train, bus, the car, your bicycle, walking? You have not gone to work with the spirit of seeking to be an incarnate representative of Jesus Christ in your daily occupation and to be a releaser of the love, the joy and the order of God into the place where you work. Will you ask the Holy Spirit to be pervasive in your heart and mind and spirit? Will you ask him to steer your eyes away from temptation, from away from worldly ambition? And will he steer your heart and your eyes into one significant calling reflects this scripture from 2 Corinthians 5.18 that you may be an ambassador of the kingdom of God with a ministry of reconciliation. Will you take that ministry of reconciliation? Now let me tell you about one person who I admire for the way he did this. His name was Tarsi. He came from Malta. He migrated to Melbourne. Uh, he was in his late 50s when he migrated to Melbourne he had a vision disability and he had very thick glasses. In fact, he used to call them like the bottoms of Coke bottles. And his son became converted in a Pentecostal church in Melbourne and invited his father to come to church. And his father, through these thick glasses, saw all these people reaching for the light globes and wondered what was going on. Anyway, it became a revelation for him. He gave his life to Jesus Christ, was thoroughly converted, changed, transformed and became a new person then he was no longer willing to stay at home on the pension. But he sought to have a job where he could serve Jesus Christ in a job. And the only job he could get with his disability was a cleaner in Ansett. His day started in the morning and his first job was to clean the toilets. So he cleaned all the graffiti off the walls. He scrubbed them spotlessly clean. And he prayed for all those people who would use those toilets. Can you believe that? Praying for people who would be using the toilets. His next job was to go around large office blocks and empty all the waste paper bins beside the desks. As he went, he would stop and listen to the conversations for the people sitting behind the desks. And he would hear their stories. This one had an issue at home with his wife. This one had a sick daughter or a sick son. This one had a problem with, with his boss. Each person, he prayed for them. He listened to their issues. And without their knowing, he would pray for their issues. Could you imagine that sitting at your desk and without you knowing, the cleaner who is emptying the base paper bin beside your desk is an intercessor for you as he empties your waste paper bin? Well, I can tell you there were many people who were converted through the ministry of Tarsi. 
and some of them were baptised in those printing presses in the printing shops at Tullamarine. What a joy it was to work with Tarsi, to be encouraged with this simple person with a profound faith who served Jesus Christ in his daily occupation. Now I have mentioned 2 Corinthians 3.3. I'll read from chapter 3 verse 1. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. This is who we are called to be. Our non-Christian brothers and sisters, our work colleagues, who we have this opportunity to work alongside five days a week or perhaps six days a week or if you're a part-timer, three days a week or whatever the case may be, they will read Jesus Christ in you as a letter before they will ever read Jesus Christ in a book or in a church. In Psalm 139, verse 23, the psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And I do think every Christian should be, should be praying their prayer and inviting God in this storm to test them. And then the answer to that testing is faith. O Lord, I am not worthy. I am not righteous. So I ask you to forgive me my sins and help me to be mature Help me to grow in my maturity, Lord, so that I'll live and act in a way which is glorifying unto you. I wish I could do it better. The very things I'm talking about, Lord, I, I wish I could do it better, be more relational. And, and uh, Lord, I'm hungry not to be satisfied with where I am, um, but to be raised up by you to do it better, to be a better ambassador for the kingdom of God. That brings us to the end of this week's show. You can listen to this interview again or any of our other interviews. Simply go to historymakersradio.com. Thanks for joining us. History Makers.